and I'm going off the actual definition of it, most valuable player. Can I guess it? Go. Russ. Definitely Triple not double. Russ. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Max and Juan cast with my co-host. What is up, everybody? I hope y'all had a good weekend. This podcast is going to be full with all kinds of stuff. We're going to have some basketball. We're going to have some football. But Well, it was supposed to be basketball, but there was a huge thing today. <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of like you can't really avoid it. Like, let's just yeah. take it head on. Jerry Jones was like, hey, you guys want to talk about all-star? Nah, talk about my quarterback, all right? And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to be talking Dak Prescott. So he signed a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. It includes a $66 million signing bonus, the highest in NFL history, with a record $75 million in year one. First three years averaged $42 million a year. Bro, coming off a broken kneecap, what did he do? Tore his knee, dislocated his knee, awful knee injury. Awful. That's crazy. I would just stuff tagged him again and let it roll, unless he was planning to hold out. Man, it, it shocked me. I really thought that they were going to franchise tag him. And, I mean, something that you didn't mention that's huge in that contract, there's no trade clause. Do you like the move or not? I don't like it. I think it's Really? I think it's too long of a deal. First of all, it's great for Dak Prescott. If you're talking Dak, it's it's amazing. Okay? Oh, yeah, really? You're getting the most guaranteed money in NFL history? <laughs> exactly. Biggest signing bonus? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then all, all the other stuff that comes with it, it's great for him. But for the Cowboys, I think it's a touch long. And the fact that the no trade clause is huge for me. The fact that you got to run it through him if you want to trade him. I don't think he's that player. I don't think he's at that level. He's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's He has the numbers on all that. But I think they paid him a little bit too much, and it was a little bit for too long. I wouldn't have been mad if this was like a two-year deal. At least he's not 30, though. He's 28. So he'll only be, what, 32 by the end of it? Yeah, he'll still be in old. his prime. Well, here's my thing, right? Is Dak Prescott really worth $40 million a year? No, I would say no, he's not. He's more of a $30 million to $32 million quarterback. And it's just so stupid in the NFL how every guy seems to get the next biggest deal. Like Kirk Cousins is making like upper echelon money. It's like, Kirk Cousins, you're good, but you're not top five. And it's like you have to reset the market every damn time. It's just so stupid. Yeah, we're talking about it on, on one of our podcasts for our offseason reviews. It's, it's kind of a, a player thing, too. It's... It's kind of doing your your peers a favor and signing big contracts. You can't take less money. You have to take all that you can get, and you got to be able to set the market as a player because you're doing you're doing other guys a disservice if you're not doing that. I will say this though: this secures Dallas having the best quarterback in the division by a mile as of right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Henneke slash whoever they pick, and Daniel Jones aren't in the realm of Dak Prescott right now. He is clear-cut the best quarterback by far, even coming off the injury. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest question is, is if he was prepared to sit out, I think they did the right move. But deep down inside, I don't think I don't think Dak Prescott was going to sit out. 
I I truly don't believe that. I think his stock would have went down because I think the the, the injury is a big problem. I mean, he started off the year on fire too, right? Like like nineteen hundred yards, like ten touchdowns, couple picks, something like that. And when he went out, though, it really showed they were missing him. That defense was horrible. Andy Dalton wasn't good. Who was the other guy they had? Um, the uh, uh, Danucci. Danucci. It was just bad. And like I feel like that kind of put the fire to Dallas's ass. Like, oh, you better get your guy right now. Yeah. And before yeah. before the injury, Dak's been an Iron Man. I don't think he's missed a game, has he? No. And, and Dak Dak has been consistent for them, but I, I, I didn't see the problem of just tagging him again. Uh I, I don't think there's any rush. I I think they, they wanted up giving in. They wanted up giving in and they shouldn't have paid him all that money. Uh, they if they would have did it, I would have liked something similar to the Kirk Cousins deal. We're like, okay, you it's get a f- just too much money. It's too much money for Dak Prescott. Like that's elite five quarter, like top five quarterback money. Dak Prescott's good. Is he a top five quarterback? I wouldn't say so. No, and I don't think that matters these days. I really don't. I think if you're up for a contract and you're anywhere between the top fifteen quarterback range, you're gonna get the biggest contract. I just, I just think that's how it works. At some point, though, I, it is going to level off. Because I think we've got to the point with Mahomes, no one's ever going to approach Mahomes' money. Unless, like, Herbert or someone young has the capability. But I still don't think... I think Mahomes is, like, in a different league, right? And it's just, like, it seems they're going to reset the market for everybody not named Patrick Mahomes. We'll see, man. I, I don't believe that. Uh, I, I think a, a big telling of that would be the salary, the cap. But... That new TV deal might yeah. kick in at the right time for some guys. Well, you were telling me the other day it's going to go up in about next year or the, the year after that when that money really starts kicking in. All I know for this year, it's went down. Everything I've read, the TV deals they just signed are worth double what they're paying now. So they're about to get – the NFL owner's about to get in a bag too. So don't worry, Dak. That $160 million ain't going to be nothing to these NFL owners. And You know what's funny? I'm looking at Dallas's roster – can I tell you some of the offensive players they have signed for the next few years? Yeah. They got CeeDee Lamb, 2023. Blake Jarwin, 2023. Dak and Amari Cooper, 2024. What year do you think Zeke signed through? 2026. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah, on, we'll see Zeke. what happens with that. But uh, Let me just go on a limb. Hot take. He ain't making it to 2026 with the boys, bro. <laughs> That boy gonna be lucky to make it to twenty twenty three. Oh my goodness! Maybe yeah, he's even twenty twenty one. But yeah. <laughs> oh jeez, there's a lot of quarterbacks coming off the list, man. So it's interesting to see Dak Prescott go. We're still waiting to see when Deshaun Watson uh, winds up going. But Cowboys got their quarterback, man. They got him for a long time too. All right, well let's switch gears. We did have an NBA All Star game this weekend. First first initial thoughts, Max. Why are we having this game? <laughs> the shit is trash this year. It was bad. It was bad. They they try to bring the, the bubble aspect back to it with the setup, with the fans on the screen and all that. But to be honest, I kind of like the format. I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I kind of like it. I like the one day, the, the all shebang all, all in one day. I think the All-Star game kind of just got off to the wrong start. So that Sunday morning, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are ruled out of the game due to contract tracing. The barber tested positive. Like, that was just a really bad start to the weekend. Or the the weekend day or whatever, Sunday, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's just like right there. I was like, why are we having this thing? I get we're doing it for a good cause, historic black colleges. That's great. But just the health and safety aspect, it's like, how are you going to basically scratch two guys from an all-star game the morning of the game? Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. But, hey, they, they kind of did the NFL round and just kept on pushing. And they winded up still playing the game. But the st- the skills competition, our boy, DeMontis Sabonis, winded up coming home with the trophy. I was most hyped for that event. I was like, come on, Sabonis, <laughs> make us look good right here, bro. Oh, but, man. Dude, the guards got to step their game up, bro. We can't keep getting <laughs> beat by bigs. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. And then we had the three-point competition, which, which was um, fun to watch. It came down to the last shot. Are you a fan of the Mountain Dew four-point shot or three-point shot in the contest? You know, like the limitless range one, like the super far? I think it was needed. I think it was needed, especially how far fucking Dam- Damian Lillard and Steph Curry are shooting out there. So uh, I didn't mind it. That was probably the second pa- favorite part of the weekend. Those two guys just jacking up half-court bombs. and Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it more than any guy dunking or Giannis. Just people olaying him right to the basket to go dunk it and him banking in threes. I, I love the aspect of Damon and Curry trying to top each other. Do you think this is going to open the door up for people saying Giannis can shoot? Because he hit, no. what, three threes? <laughs> no. Are people going to buy back into the hype of Giannis like can shoot threes? Dude, those balls, he smashed them off the bat. I can't believe they went in. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was just, it was kind of awkward, man. I felt like the, I, I think a big telling of, of energy is the slam dunk competition. I think that's where you need the fans and all of the energy and guys going crazy. And I just felt like there wasn't enough juice for even that event. That event was very dry. It's already dry as it is because. There's freaking no-name players. Like, for instance, the guy from Duke hasn't even dunked in an NBA game. Like, that's what we're working with. Cassius Stanley? Yo, he's got bunnies, but you can't have a dunk contest without star power. Very rarely, if we think about the best dunk contest of all time, is there people who aren't stars. I get Levine and Gordon aren't typically what you'd call stars, and they put on a show. But the best dunk contest that come to my mind are like Blake Griffin, that year, Vince Carter. Yeah, Gordon Michael and Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilson. Dominique Wilkins, excuse me, Dr. J. There's just like an electricity when there's a superstar player in the dunk contest. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Even Dwight agree. Howard. Remember when Dwight Howard was like winning dunk contest? Yeah. Or he won the dunk contest? There was just an energy about like, oh, my God, we have like a marquee guy. Exactly. Who has creativity. And like, come on. Like, Anthony Simons, I didn't think he'd even put on that good a show. Granted. It was hard without the fans. It was just like a lame. Yeah. The, ener- was the energy lame. was missing. But, I mean, it, it, it was tough, man. It, it's a COVID year. They got it done. Uh, hopefully, Simmons and Embiid are okay. I hope they don't get affected by this. But they got it done. Uh, these guys are going to be off until, I believe, Thursday, most of them. So we'll see how that goes. As, as far as the All-Star game, I'll give it a – or All-Star – events should i say i'll give it a a c yeah i'd go with like a c minus it was just the lack of fan like this is a fan driven thing this yeah. is the fun where the fans really got to pump electricity into the game and team lebron kicked the crap out of team kd and, <laughs> exactly. bro, I, you know how many minutes lebron played i don't know probably like 10 or 15 not much dude 13 minutes when have you ever seen lebron 
play that little in an all-star game. He was he he phoned it in. I'm sorry, but you deserve a rest, bro. I'm not even mad at you. Zion played 14 minutes. It was just weird. Yeah, it was weird, but the, the I think the only aspect that I liked was was Dame and Steph. I, I really thought they were entertaining to watch with them bombing it from from freaking half court. I thought that was cool to see. I mean, that's the first time I've seen that, like, in an all-star game. It's usually just, like, the alley-oops and the flashy passes and kind of like a little ISO dribble one-on-one kind of game. But it was it was fun to watch those guys bomb it away from, from fucking half court. You're probably going to think I have a sickness because I remember the rookie sophomore game or the rising stars game. Deion Waiters and Tim Hardaway Jr. had one of those moments where they went back and forth for, like, four possessions, like, bombing threes and hitting them. <laughs> Two guys who ended up not being that great. <laughs> I know, man. And then we missed out on that, too. Like, the rookie-sophomore game, you know, the world against USA. Like, we missed out on that. Like, that game is 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 entertaining. They named the rosters, but they didn't play the game. I think that's how they should have honestly done the NBA All-Star game. They should have just named the All-Stars, been like, spend a week with your families. Yeah. That's cool. And it, I mean, it was cool. At least, at least some of the guys got to have their kids like on the sidelines. Like, I seen Chris Paul's kid, Giannis Julius had his Randall. kid. Yeah, it it was cool to see like that aspect. But I mean, it's it's over now. It's it's done with. Uh, see where they go from here. But some big news broke over the weekend, if you want to call it that. A lot of people are overreacting to this. Uh, Blake Griffin, I mean, a guy averaging twelve points a game. <laughs> exactly. Yo, I can't believe he agreed to a buyout. I have, don't think I've ever seen a guy agree to a buyout who had like $70 million left. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> Granted, he got a lot of it, but it's just like I've never seen him buy out a guy with that much money left. Yeah. And honestly, you could honest, you could keep the guy and use him as an expiring contract to facilitate a trade the next year. Exactly. And I yeah, Detroit just let him walk and bought him out, and it didn't <laughs> Ooh, take Detroit. long. Oh, baby, Detroit, you got a long way to go. <laughs> Hashtag Jerry West made the right call trading Blake. Yeah, most definitely, man. And that brings up the question, like, a lot of people are giving it hype. It's kind of, you know what it reminds me of? I don't think it's as much as the uh, the magnitude of the, it. The Lakers getting Steve Nash, who's 39 years old. No, I'll even top that. I, I think it's more of the, you remember the Cleveland team a couple of seasons ago when they had D-Wade, oh Derrick Rose. The shell of D-Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Who else they had? They had Isaiah Thomas coming off the hill. Yep, yep. And then they had Caleb, they had LeBron, and like the only two good players were literally Caleb and LeBron. Like the other three guys were washed to a sense. Look, we're going to talk about Blake Griffin, but remember when him and Kevin Love were the best power forwards? <laughs> that was so long so ago, but washed. yes. Kevin Love, great extension. Can I, I just want to like toot my own horn. Remember when that extension got signed, what I said? So yeah. why the F would you give that guy money? I wouldn't touch that guy with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. People are like, you got to give it to someone. Like, do you? You could have just let him walk instead of having – he's played two games for them, bro. He played <laughs> 20 last year. And it's so hard to trade him. It's like, who would want that guy? Yeah. You, he's like, the, but go. Let's go to Blake Griffin with the Nets. Do you think he's gonna have any impact? I I do think he is, and deep down inside, I, I do think he's he's gonna feel brand new in a sense, and he's gonna be excited to play with some guys, and he's not gonna really have to be a scorer. 
I, I don't see him being a scorer. To be honest, I really do think he's going to show his skills off as a playmaker. I think that's going to be huge. And whether or not they're, it's going to be him and Harden doing it, but I do think it's going to succeed. Their, their starting lineup, to a sense, is going to be what? DeAndre Jordan, Blake, KD, Kyrie, Harden. Dude, I would I would honestly I wouldn't even start Blake. I would just let him play twenty minutes a game off the bench. I think you can honestly play about fifteen to twenty minutes and get some high quality minutes out of Blake. He can really shoot the rock now. He added that to his game. And are you are you honestly telling me he wasn't excited to play with Jeremy Grant in Detroit? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> that, he wasn't excited to get his team jacked by Jeremy Grant. He was definitely not excited to be playing with Jeremy Grant. The only thing I'll say about Blake, he's defensive zero, which is even <laughs> which is more like glaring on this team with is just chock full of defensive zeros. Jeez. I think he's the type of guy who could maybe swing you like a playoff game in the early rounds. He could. Like he has a vintage performance because he's he was a superstar. He was probably what the fourth, third best player in the league in a couple years, like a couple years in a row. Yeah, 100%. it's just a damn shame the athleticism and skills never like they hit that sweet spot. It was always like, oh, I'm just so athletic, I don't have to work the work the skills. And I think part of him was miscast as a back-to-the-basket big. Because he kind of came into the league where it was still like, you got to pound them, pound them down low. you got to develop the back-to-the-basket. What if we just unle- unleash Blake Griffin or say, hey, you just play point guard, bring up the ball? Because he could really handle the ball in his younger days. And he still, yeah. really, he still can to an extent. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I, I do think that's a big game of his – that's a big spot in his game that's very underrated is his playmaking ability. I do think he's an underrated playmaker. And I do think he can create offense. And like you said, he has a little bit of a three-point ball. But I think the biggest question is going to be his health. Is he healthy? He did not look healthy in the, what, 25, 30 games he played with Detroit. He's only averaging 12 points a game. And he's been playing 30 minutes. So it's not like he's really producing. It's not like you're getting a 50% Blake Griffin. You're getting like 15% of Blake Griffin, 20%. And I guess the thought is, look, how the hell were the Nets going to upgrade this roster? They don't really have a lot left. And if you can get a guy who can maybe be a, like, say, a net positive, you'll take him. You're the Nets. You have no bench. I, it's worth the gamble. There's nothing that can go wrong. I think the biggest guy for them that's that's not a superstar that you want to look at, and I wouldn't even consider Blake Griffin a superstar, I think everything's going to fall on the shoulders of Joe Harris. I think defensively and offensively. Of, of him making his shots. I think it all truly comes down to him if you want to look to a role player. Oh, okay. You're just saying for role players, it's like on his shoulders. Like oh, he's yeah. He's the guy who has to step up when yeah. the other three. Okay, I get that. I was going to say, come on, it's KD's team, bro. It rides uh, on KD. Yeah, they, like as, as far as KD, yeah, obviously KD, Kyrie, and Harden. Like they're going to give you points, right? And and you can even bank on one of those guys like out of the out of the three, one of those guys are going to have a bad game, right? You know, just just you, you can't really go into that saying like, okay, all these guys are going to score at least 20 plus. Like sometimes it, do, it doesn't happen like that every night. But I can easily see Joe Harris out of everybody, not DeAndre Jordan, not Blake Griffin. It's going to be Joe Harris to be the guy to make the shots and to handle big defensive assignments. It's going to be huge. Because you don't expect KD to guard a guy like LeBron all four quarters. Someone else is going to have to get him. You're not sticking Harden. You're not sticking Kyrie on him. What, are you going to stick Blake? I I don't think Blake can even stay in front of LeBron right now. And he's, what, 
10 years younger. Yeah. Eight years younger. And that's huge. With the Nets, you know how KD was getting like the MVP hype the first, what, like month of the season? Yeah. Do you think he's firmly out of the MVP race right now? Like, do you think he can get back in it? Oh, uh, man. No, I think he's missing too many games. And it's been, what, injury with the hamstring and COVID related. Yeah. So I have a list of MVP candidates. You want to go through it real quick? And I'll give you some storylines for him. Or I guess we can make the case for him real quick. All right, shoot him. First one's LeBron. Lakers are 24 and 13, third in the West. He's averaging 26, 8 and 8, 50% from the field, 36% from the three point line, 69% from free throw line. Woo, come on, LeBron. At least get a 70. <laughs> And here's here's my reasons for MVP. AD has missed a lot of time this year. And when he did play, let's be real, he was packing it in. He wasn't really trying. He's been playing big minutes, new supporting cast. And this is, this is probably the best slash funniest reason. NBA Twitter will riot if LeBron doesn't win this award. The LeBron fans will be out of the works. He hasn't won the award in nine years. He's been the best player in basketball all nine of those years, and he doesn't want it. And they're LeBron, Le, LeBron fanboys. You're going to be pissed about it. Look, I'm just going to say this. Go back to our predictions for the NBA awards. I said LeBron had a chance to winning it. And there's still a good chance he can win it, okay? But it, it's it's crazy to think that this guy hasn't won an MVP award in nine years. Kind of reminds me of the, of the Patriots, how they went on that dry spell. It's like, yeah, they're a dynasty, but there's like a little nine-year gap eight-year gap that they didn't win a Super Bowl. And it's kind of the same thing for LeBron. It's like, man, LeBron's having this second prime, and it's so amazing. Like, he's still winning championships. But in this nine-year span, and even 10 probably, potentially, he didn't win an MVP. That's crazy to think about. I think voter fatigue's real. And there was a few years where I don't think LeBron should have won it. Like, the year KD won it, no, no big deal. Curry, the first two years, that was Curry's years. Harden deserved that MVP, and Giannis deserved the first year. I don't think he deserved last year. That was LeBron's MVP, yeah. especially with the way the season ended abruptly, where LeBron was gaining the steam. Yep. And I'll give you the reasons for him. not He's not going to win it. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Lakers are going to scale back his minutes for the playoff push. The Lakers don't have the best record in the NBA, or even close to it. AD's return. That's my last reason. If AD comes back, people are going to say, oh, look, AD came back, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's not LeBron. Yeah, most definitely. And that means his, his numbers are going to, you know, tell off a little bit. Um, yeah, most definitely. Those those cases for him not winning it in the second part of the season is very likely. But, I mean, he still has a shot. I, I don't think it's out of, out, of the, out of the realm of him winning it. He's definitely not the front runner right now. That front runner has to be Joel Embiid. 76ers are first in the East. 24 and 12. He's averaging 30, 11, three assists, one block, one steal, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 86% from the free throw line. He's goddamn near 50, 40, 90. Yeah. And I'll give you the case the eye test. He has been kicking ass. He has been the best big in the NBA this season. Sorry to say it's a bonus. That pains us. made that video before the season. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Embiid. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks guys, still watching it. 76ers record slash team success. Efficiency. Is there anything else? Uh, Defensive impact. Yeah, he's been a monster on that end. And the case for not winning. He hasn't had the Joel Embiid random injury where, like, he cuts his finger. 
this is a week <laughs> or like or, breaks his nose his or fa- something yeah he broke his face and he's wearing the <laughs> ski glasses uh, ski goggles or whatever yeah uh i would put in here i'll put under that too just had a covid scare yeah and can he stay like this the whole year because we've kind of seen spurts this is the longest spurt but we've never seen it for a, a whole year from mb no he winds up telling off in certain parts of the season um this year is probably the most engaging he has been in the first part i think this is the the best shape that he's been in to start the season but we'll see how that goes most definitely he he is by far the front runner to to win mvp is he my mvp we'll get into that a little bit later but you can't deny the numbers you can't deny the efficiency he's been great on defense and then to top it all off, he has the team success right behind him. I probably should have written this down. He's had big moments on national games, and that goes into it. Yeah, that's a big thing. I'll go through these next two kind of quick. We got Jokic, Denver's 21-15, 6 in the West. He's averaging 27-11 and 8.6 assists, a steal a game, 56% from the field, 42% from three, 88% from the free throw. Another 50-40-90 candidate potentially. My case is efficiency. He's carrying the Nuggets while Jamal Murray and Michael Porter have been really inconsistent. And statistical dominance. Anything to add? No, not really. He's been great, but he hasn't been the best. That is that is one of the case for not winning. Yeah. He has not been the best big man. Joel Embiid has been. Lack of team success. No defensive impact. And we've kind of seen Jokic kind of go through a... Week, he takes like a week off. We've seen that before. From <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing there is is team success. I, I think that's going to be the, the, the biggest thing to hurt him. The Nuggets are not doing that good. Um, they're, they, they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be that high of a seed. That's going to really hurt him. It's a double-sided sword because he's the only reason they're doing as good as they are, but it's still not good enough because we know the MVP's best record, best team. Very rarely does it go to a guy outside, what, the top three teams lately? Besides, what, the Westbrook year? Yeah, because the triple-double aspect. Okay, I got two more. I got Steph Curry, team record 19-18, and 18, ninth in the West, 30 a game, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 48% from the field, 40% from 3, 93 from the free throw line. Lack of help, he's carrying the Warriors, 50-40-90, and maybe they sneak into the playoffs? Oh, they're going to get I'm, it. Looking at, looking at it, I, I don't think he's, there's no chance. I'm sorry. I know he's putting up. Very similar numbers to his MVP year where he was unanimous, but there's no narrative with him. It's not like the Warriors are going for 73 wins. Yeah, and th- there's a there's the whole team aspect. His team's not good enough. People are going to bring in team success. It happens every year. The last guy I got is Giannis, Greek Freak. They're 22 and 14, third in the East. 29, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. 50% from the field. He's averaging a block and a half and a steal and a half. The case for him is stats, def- defensive impact, efficiency, and Drew Holiday's been hurt. And the Bucks supporting cast is probably the worst it's been the last four years. Yeah, I think that's a good case. But I think with him, he needs to keep this. Like, he, he's been tearing it up the, the last, like, month and a half. But... Uh, I think voter fatigue is big with him. That's what I have in there, too. And it's kind of also a lack of narrative. And there's been so much Giannis, what he can't do compared to what he can do. And the Bucs still look the same old team. You know, they can't win the big game, can't adjust. Did I, was that all of them? Did I cover them all? Or is there someone else? I think that's it. So with all that said, who's your midseason MVP so far? 
I got to go with Embiid right now. I want to say LeBron as a Laker fan, but Embiid's just been too good, too dominant. And he really, he's really screwing up our vibe with that Zabonis video, but I'll still give it to him. <laughs> well, surprisingly, my MVP, my personal MVP, and I'm going off the actual definition of it, most valuable player. Can I guess it? Go. Russ. Definitely Triple not double. Russ. Exactly. <laughs> No man, um, my MVP right now is Chris Paul. I think he's. I think wow, he's, you're gonna give it to him. I I'm gonna give it to him. There's no 34. way in hell he's gonna win it. I understand that, guys. He's not gonna win it. Um, his numbers are not the greatest, but I think the Phoenix Suns' success right now is obviously a big factor of Chris Paul. I think he has Chris Paul written all over it. He's the most valuable guy on a team right now. I think if you take Chris Paul off of the Suns, they are a bottom dweller. I am so confident in saying that. And it's similar, and it's crazy because he's playing in Phoenix, right? And there used to be a guy there that that played, and his name was Steve Nash. And him and Steve Nash kind of, kind of had similar seasons. And the MVP year of... of of Steve Nash, everyone knows it, the famous one, the 0506, the second of 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 his of his MVPs of the back to back. Okay, he was only averaging roughly 19 points a game. He wasn't even averaging 20. I think the big thing was with him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's crazy to think that he won an MVP like that. And the year before that, he only averaged 15.5. Just a little F- FYI. Chris Paul's, I think he's averaging like 16 or 17 a game with probably, what, eight or nine assists. Like, if Phoenix gets his two-seat, I think there's a case. I, I Yeah, most definitely. I Look, as far as midseason right now, they're second in the, in the NBA uh, of record-wise. They're only behind the Utah Jazz. So he's averaging 16 points a game, and he's averaging 8.8 assists. Let's round it up to nine. That's I, I think that's good enough numbers to give it to him, but they're not. They're not going to give it to him. It's it's going to go to a guy like Embiid or LeBron or Giannis. It's it's not going to go to Chris Paul. And especially if this if this Devin Booker injury winds up lingering and he kind of has to take on that scoring role, I think it's going to make the case for him even more. But that's my pick. I think it can be a Steve Nash type of thing where, you know, you have Joel Embiid as the as the Kobe of that year, like just dominating. And you'll think to go to him because he's like the numbers guy. But if you're going by the definition of most valuable player, it goes to Chris Paul. I think there's a case to be there, especially with the eye test and how Phoenix has looked and how he is definitely the straw that stirs it. I can't give it to him yet. Like if he can get the second seed, say that you went the if they get the first seed, it's over. It's Chris Paul's award, in my opinion. But let's just see how it plays out. And when you're talking about Phoenix, you got to mention Monty Williams. He's done a hell of a job there. Steve Nash, Doc Rivers, Quinn Schneider. These are all the guys that are running for Coach of the Year. Where are you leaning to with the Coach of the Year? Um, my Coach of the Year is going to be Steve Nash. And that's ironically really? because we're we're just bringing up Steve Nash. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I'm going to go with. Bro, he has three of the best players in the NBA. How much coach? I could coach this team. And uh, I highly doubt that. I, I don't I don't think. Why? He, I can say not play defense. No. I, can, I, can I, don't, nice I don't offense. think so. I think a lot of people are getting uh, getting it twisted. Um, these are not just three regular players. It's Kyrie Irving. It's James Harden. I and mean, you can argue they have been the two biggest headaches in the NBA 
They they were both headaches this year. Yeah, this year, and I think that's a big deal. With, <laughs> I mean, Kyrie missed twelve games. He didn't have Harden the whole year. There was a there was a big there was a big stretch where they didn't have Harden, KD, and Kyrie, and they were winning just fine. And not to mention the the best player on their team, KD, they had their best win streak with just those two guys. I think he's doing a great job. These are three characters that are that are kind of hard to to put it all together and make it work. And he's doing it. Okay, they're playing well. They they have a little system going. They don't play no kind of defense. Let a bunch of points go, but they still win, dude. And they just signed Blake Griffin. I think sky's the limit for them. And and I think they're right on track to where they're supposed to be right now. They're they're what second in the East. I just I don't think he has a case honestly. I just think it's too much talent. And yeah, the injuries have been there. The managing of personalities goes into coaching. But I gotta go with Quinn Schneider, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. Kind of had beef before the year with the whole COVID thing. But this Utah team, it's been kind of the Cinderella story of the first half of the year. Twenty-seven and nine. I think he's a lock to win it. I'm not mad at you. That's that's not a bad pick at all. He he's my second guy. Is is Snyder? He's been doing a great job, like you said. The Utah Jazz, just in general, have been great this year. The the for for the midseason mark. Let let's see if they can keep it up. I think that's a big thing. Let's see if they can sustain this. But you're totally right, man. Uh, I'm not mad at you at all. I don't disagree with anything you say. But my preference, I would just go with Steve Nash. I I just think the per, the personalities of dealing with these guys is just huge. I definitely think Steve Nash has been the best coach at managing weird personalities. I I will say that for him. And not to mention, it's it's his first year as an NBA head coach. Yeah, it's his first year. He's he had to wait in line. So I'll go with that. You got to wait in line. You got to earn your stripes, bro. I mean, who do you think that's dealing with these guys? Dan Tony? Come on now. <laughs> I mean. Harden and D'Antoni go way back to the strip club days <laughs> in Houston. So, oh man. Well, we gave our picks. Is there is there any guy that's in the mix that you want to mention? Just really quick. Say Doc Rivers, change of the culture. Philly's the number one seed in the East, but I think that has more to do with the roster. They gave him shooters. So yeah, most definitely. Uh, another guy, Al Horford at small forward wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the big boy lineup didn't work out. Yeah, it did not. But um. Just, just another guy to throw out there. Monty Williams, uh, of course, with the Suns. I, I think you have to mention him. But I think it's more of Chris Paul, to be honest. Uh, I, thought you were, I honestly thought you were going to say Chris Paul should get some coaching. I know, right? Because he's he's almost like a, a second extension of a head coach. But, yeah, Monty Williams, too. You got to throw him in there. But I don't I don't think he's he's in there with the, with a guy like Snyder or even Steve Nash. I think it's I think it's between those two in my personal opinion, but let's move on. Let's go defense player of the year. Who you feeling? It was tough for me. I think it's a two man race. It's between Gobert and Ben Simmons. I took Gobert, and I know he's won what two already. He's doing the same shit he always does: two and a half blocks a game, thirteen rebounds. He's a rim runner. I think Utah's success and the team defense is built around Gobert. You think about their roster. How many really good defenders do they have besides Royce O'Neal and him? Like one more off the bench? Yeah. Mike Conley's not a great defender. Mitchell's not Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Not a great defender. And he is, the, he is the best rim protector in the NBA. He's second in blocks only to Miles Turner. But I don't think him and Miles Turner are on the same planet when it comes to defense. I think he's light years ahead of him. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm just gonna make the case for you even more. He's not my pick, but a, a big thing to say about Gobert, his inability on offense. He's not the best, you know, offensive player. Obviously, he can't shoot. Number one, number two, he's really just a rim runner, right? Like he's great at catching lobs. I'll, I'll give him that. But as screens, he sets some really yeah, good yeah, he sets some really good screens. But I mean, he's he's not the he's he's at times like a zero on offense, especially at late in games. But I think a big reason why he's an all star, gets these big contracts, and you know, just a a great player just around the league, just known as that, is just because he is so good on defense. He's like the definition of a defensive anchor. It's crazy to think in 2020 with the state of the NBA that a guy like him even exists. And I think that's just a testament <laughs> for how good he actually is at doing that job. Exactly. And he doesn't shy away from it. He knows this is my job to play defense. I'm going to try to block every shot, even if I get dunked on occasionally. Yeah. And I appreciate you making the case. I thought you were going to make the case against me. No, I, I, I don't think I don't think there is. Maybe maybe just the fact that one thing that I'll criticize him on that I think a lot of people know is he's not the quickest guy on his feet. So when he gets on a he switch, he's not a great switch candidate. No. <laughs> but you know what? He's gotten better than when Curry turned him around. He's not that guy. Anymore. Or Harden. He's a lot better than that. <laughs> or Harden. I mean, Harden's Harden. Yeah. I, no. I think Harden will do but that to better. a lot of guys. He's better than that one clip that everyone shows. Oh, Gobert can't play defense. Yeah. Dude, he's gotten a lot better since then. Yeah. I, I think it's just a luxury though, as a team, dude, I, I really do think that's, that's such a luxury to have where, you don't have to worry about a guy going past you. You got the big man in the paint ready to toss that shit. Like, I think that's just such a luxury. I think it's a big luxury like a team like the Lakers had last year where they always had a rim protector in there, just a guy that's athletic and can block shots. And I think it's just it's at a whole nother level uh, of an elite guy where Rudy Gobert. Well, I'm just going to build off what you said. When you think of athletic big men, you think of like guys like Mitchell Robinson, right? Dummy athletic, the crazy length. But Gobert, he doesn't have the crazy bounce. But he just has the timing so figured out and just the polish of just so many repetitions where he doesn't bite at every fake. He doesn't leave his yeah. feet every time someone shows him the ball. And he has no he fear. Re- yeah, exactly. And people think Hassan Whiteside is a good defender because he gets a lot of blocks. No, he just jumps at everything. And there's more defense than just jumping at everything. Exactly. It, it, it's timing. It's it's contesting shots. It's the whole nine, dude. Um, that's a great pick. But I'm gonna go something different. I'm gonna go Ben Simmons. Uh, you mentioned him. I think it's it's between those two guys. I would love to see a guy like Ben Simmons, even though he's not a guard. I think uh, I believe Gary Payton was the last guard to win it, if I'm not mistaken. But man, I would well, I, I would love to see. Kawhi was like the last not big yeah, man to win it. Exactly. And uh, I, w- I will label Ben Simmons as a – he's a ball handler. He's Yeah, he's big as fuck. I understand that. but He's a forward. Yeah, he, he's a forward, and he's not a, he's not a big like Rudy Gobert, which in the past it, it's been guys like that. It's Gobert. It's Marc Gasol, um, Dwight Howard. And, you know, it's big guys. So I would love to see Ben Simmons win it. I think he's been phenomenal on defense for them. I think that's a big reason why they're number one in the East and – he takes on the the biggest defensive assignments for the 76ers, whether that's guarding LeBron, guarding Kawhi, guarding all the elite guys. And he's been doing a damn a damn good job at it. He, he destroyed Damian Lillard, I think, a week before the All-Star break. He destroyed him. Yeah. 
he locked him down. And he locked down Don Mitchell. Yeah, two guys that have been playing amazing this year. And he, look, he uses his body to his advantage. He's lengthy. Like, come on, this guy's six, what, six nine, six ten, and he's guarding point. Do you guards. think he moves better than Giannis? Yes, he is better than Giannis. I think he's fluid. He's more fluid of an athlete than Giannis. Most like, definitely, he looks like a six three guy on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just talking about a movement standpoint. Yeah. Like when they run, yeah. I mean, Giannis can run, but Ben Simmons is fluid with the ball. It's not herky jerky. It doesn't look. He looks like a six three guy. Giannis doesn't. Giannis is a freak of nature, no doubt. Ben Simmons just moves more fluidly. I don't know how to like describe it other than that. Yeah, and I, I mean it, it's hard. It's hard to do it with a perimeter defensive guy, just because there's not a lot of guys who get steals like that. You know what I mean? I think Michael Jordan was it like. Shouldn't the, even be about steals though. It's yeah, just, it really shouldn't be about. That's one thing I kind of like about this award. They don't just give it to the guy who leads the league in blocks. Like Miles Turner is not going to win this award. Exactly. He's like in my third place vote. Yeah, but he shouldn't win this award. The only reason I didn't vote for Ben, uh, he plays with Joel Embiid, and I think that could hamper him. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, that's a good. That's a good point. I, I wouldn't be mad at any of these guys. I would. I would love for Gobert to win it, and I would love for for Simmons to to win it. But let's move on. Uh, let's go to most improved. Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's do it. All right. So, who are you feeling for most improved? I don't think there's a big case to be made for anyone other than Julius Randle. Yeah. The Knicks are 19 and 18, fifth in the East. He's averaging 23, 11, five assists, 48% from the field, 40% from three. It's not even about the stats for me. He's been a good player. He's put up good stats before. Yeah. It's about the change of his game where he passes the ball more. He's better on defense. The Knicks are improved. He's a big reason why. I mean, he made the all-star team for a reason. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest thing, Biggest thing about Julius Randle, consistency. He's been doing it all year, and I hope he keeps on doing it. I hope I hope he stays healthy, number one. But as far as the numbers go in his play, I hope he just stays steady, and you're going to win this, aw- this award, bro. Like, just stay consistent. I think that's been his number one thing is that he's had he's had flashes of this, and he's, and he's had, like, you know, a good like three months of playing like this, and then it tailors off at some point of the season. Exactly. I mean, bro, last year he shot three three pointers a game for, at twenty seven percent. He's shooting four and a half, and he's forty one percent this year. That's a huge spike. That makes it easier on offense for everybody. Yeah. And when he drives to the basket, it's really hard to stop him. He's a bull. And he look, can handle the ball. He can pass. I mean, last year he's averaging three assists, and now he's averaging five and a half. He's making his teammates better. Yeah, he has the jump. He has he has the, he has the spike in numbers. And look, dude, shout look, shout out to the Knicks, bro. They're getting their shit together. They're gonna fucking make the playoffs, bro. Like <laughs> they were, they're decent. I voted for him because they were a good team, and he's the driving force. And the other guy I had was Jeremy Grant, but the Pistons are so freaking bad. Yeah, they're bad. And he just gets to shoot every shot. And there's no pressure to win. I get he's averaging 24, 5, and 3 assists. He's got better, like, a, he's got a bigger statistical jump than Randall. But I just wouldn't vote for him just because it's not impressive to me to average 20 on a losing team, especially a team that gets blown out every game. Granted, he's gotten better. There's no doubt. He's had a good year. It's not his fault they suck. 
But averaging 20 points in the NBA is not a difficult thing. This is the most we've ever seen guys average 20 a game. Scoring's up, guys. That's just a fact. It's a reality. Scoring, scoring's in vogue. Everyone wants to score. The game's tailored to offense. Yeah, the pace is high. That means the rebounds are going to be more. The assists are going to be more. Just more possessions in general. Completely agree. But, yeah, Julius Randle, most improved player. Uh, you you mentioned Jeremy Grant. Is there any other guys that you want to mention? Maybe Shea, Gilchrist Alexander. But, again, he was good last year. He just has more stats. He hasn't really gotten that much better for me other than shooting three-pointers. And the Thunder aren't as bad as I thought they'd be. I thought they were going to be 1-20. and 20. They're 15-21. and 21. So, maybe him? <laughs> They're they're not they're not shitty, but uh, they're not good. No, they sh- they should be worse than the Pistons yeah. by all accounts. Like they should be tanking, yeah. but they're actually being respectable. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shea, man, that, that's a good pick. Uh, a lot of people thought that he should have been an All Star, including you. Like you mentioned his name for an All Star. Hey, he had he had a case. The Thunder aren't terrible to me though. Randall's just been better, and I just thought Shea was too good last year to deserve to be the most improved player. That's what it came down to. Gotcha. All right, so let's move on. Let's go to let's you go to do six man real quick. Yeah, six yeah, man to be quick. It's Jordan Clarkson. I don't think there's a case <laughs> for anyone. Team success, most points a game off the bench. He's averaging eighteen, four and two. He's being kind of efficient. And there's no one else. I what you want to go? Eric Gordon. Rockets suck. He's averaging eighteen <laughs> a game. Maybe if he gets on a contender, but I think it's Jordan Clarkson's award to lose at this point. It really is. Uh, him and the Jazz, like we said, going to echo it again. They've been great this year, and a big reason is Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has been amazing off of the bench. Same, look, the, we mentioned two Lakers in a row, okay, that, 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 were on, that were on the Lakers at one point. And I think both of them have the same kind of situation where you know that they have talent, you know that they're good, they have good spurts, but they're not consistent. And this year, it seems like Clarkson and Julius Randle have been super consistent. And they've been putting it all together this year. I think that's just the main thing. They, they're they putting it all together. They have a bunch of confidence. And it's, it's, it's great to see, man. I'm so happy for those guys. We did draft good. There's no doubt about the Lakers in those years. We did draft good. And speaking of drafting, do you want to go to Rookie of the Year? I think it's a two-man race. No, but go ahead. It's not? I don't think so. I don't even think we'll it's close. We'll give your pick first then. Who's your pick? It's LaMelo? It's LaMelo. You falling with the ESPN hype train? Yeah, it's it's LaMelo. 16-6-6, six, six, 45% from the field, 38% from three. I can't believe that. That number's crazy to me. What's your case? I think, one, the case is there's no one close coming to his impact right now. Like, the impact I disagree with. If you were gonna say the like the stats and shit, I agree with. But the impact, no, my guy gives impact more than Lamelo Ball. And who's that? I got Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings. They suck. So do the Hornets. The Hornets well, do not they're, suck. Come they're on, they're gonna make the playoffs. The they're gonna fight for that. Dude, they're, they're under five hundred. They're in the East. Come on. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard to be five hundred in the East. But <laughs> the Kings in the East, they're five hundred. Look, the the Hornets are are a decent team enough that they they might make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Okay, the Kings are a shit show, bro. Come on, it does not take away from Halliburton. He's so good. He's smart. He's wise beyond his years. He just doesn't get the hype that Lamelo Ball gets. Man, I'm afraid you've fallen into the Lamelo Ball hype train. No, look, Max. Come on, you've known me. I've been a big believer of Lamelo Ball. 
I kind of called this. Give it time. Give I, it I'm going to give it time, see. but I, I, I just think one thing with LaMelo Ball, I'm always going to say, is his all his life it's been about basketball. And all his life, he's always been playing with guys that are that are older than him, bigger than him, or even better than him. Okay? And that's why I thought that the transition from Lithuania or whatever the hell he was playing to Australia. Yeah, Australia to the, to the NBA. What was it, JBL? Yeah. <laughs> the JBL. Yeah. I, I get you. Like the whole LeVar thing and the whole like out of high school and going to Lithuania. Like it's crazy to think about. But he was playing with professional athletes. Like he's been doing this shit since he was 15. And I just think that his game is so fluid and his movements. He He's creative around the rim. He's actually a better shooter than everyone thought he was going to be. We already know what he brings. I will say 100% wrong about that. I can't yeah. believe how good he's shooting from three. And look, I, I was kind of scared in the preseason. You know, he wasn't. He was always passing the rock. He wasn't even attempting to shoot. But look, he's shooting the ball, whether it's catch and shoot or off the pick and roll. Okay, he's been doing great. One thing I'm going to knock him for, and I think you can you can be my witness, is defense. It's obvious. He he's he's an awful defender. I can admit to that. And I always knew going into this, he was going to be a bad defender. And, and, and it shouldn't be like that because he's lengthy. I think he has the athleticism for it. He can be a decent defender. Awful. He's been, I will say this, he's putting a lot more effort than we ever saw before. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I'm not even a LaMelo Ball fan. But when he kind of tries, he's okay. And I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, but I think it goes to him um, for both reasons. I think he is going to win it because, obviously, the hype train, ESPN, House of Highlights, they're on his nuts. Okay? That is just straight up. He, I give him a 60%, 65% chance of winning it. Halliburton's in second. Wow. Uh, Edwards ain't winning it with his uh, 37% field goal percentage. You had the play of the first half of the season, though, with the dunk. I'll give him that. That was nasty. That was nasty. But you're not going to uh, win it, Wiseman, bro, because of that dunk. And these are Wiseman's injured. Cole Anthony injured. Emmanuel quickly. He's looked good for the Knicks, but it's about Julius Randle and maybe R.J. Barrett more than him. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for our awards. One thing that I did want to add, give me two teams that are most surprising to you and give me two teams that you're most disappointed with. Most disappointed in Boston Celtics, Atlanta Hawks. Most surprised in the San Antonio Spurs. And I got to go with the Knicks. No doubt. Who thought the Knicks were going to be good this year? I sure didn't. And Boston, I know they're fourth in the East, but it's so clear they're not near the top three teams. In Atlanta, do we have to talk about the shit show in Atlanta where it's John Collins, Trey Young beefing about the how Trey Young plays? They fired their coach. Come on. <laughs> My disappointing teams, one of them is going to be the Miami Heat. I think they've been very disappointing, whether it's injuries. You know, Jimmy Butler didn't play a good chunk of the the beginning of the year. I think that's a little harsh. A lot of injuries, bro, and the lack of an offseason. But I get it. I get it. I think it's harsh. Yeah, I, I well, you kind of took mine. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks has been abysmal. But, I mean, I, I'm going to go with the Heat. Second, I'm going to go with the Kings. I think the Kings have been. Oh, that's just slander against Halliburton. <laughs> Come on. They've been fucking terrible, dude. I I think everyone thought they were going to make the leap this year. What about the Wolves? Stop. I, I knew the Wolves were going to be shit. 
<laughs> this shit? Seven and four. They're worse than Detroit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're bad. I knew they were gonna be bad. Come on, Max. I, I've been I've been on the sidelines, bro, saying to get rid of the Wolves as an organization from the NBA. That is true. That is true. Okay, give me your surprises then. <laughs> my surprises, I'm gonna go with the Sixers. I think they've been better than people than people thought. I, I knew they were gonna be good, but I didn't think they were gonna be this good. And then I'm gonna go with the Jazz. The Jazz are Ooh, the two one seeds. Yeah, yeah. two one seeds. I like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, I didn't even have them in our in our top ten for the for the power rankings. You did credit to you, but you didn't even have them that high. You just thought like, oh. yeah, there's there's no way in hell like this team is not gonna tailor off and be good. You knew they were gonna be good, but I don't think I don't think anyone in the NBA thought they were gonna be number one in the whole league. I didn't even remember putting him in my top 10, so I appreciate you reminding me. <laughs> so you got to remind you, man. And speaking of top 10, we're not going to do it in this podcast, but just just to turn our listeners to our social media, exclusively we're going to be dropping our top 10 power rankings on Instagram. So if you want to see that, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. That is at Max underscore Juan Cast. Okay, we'll be posting it on there. Be on the lookout. We are not going to do it on the podcast. We're trying to get our follows up, bro. So whoever is listening to this, go ahead and follow us. All right? Do yourself a favor. Go look at our par- our, our top 10 power rankings, okay? Pretty sure Max is going to have the Kings high because he's so high on the Kings. I'll just say this. They're not 30. <laughs> well... Obviously, I don't, I don't think Max is going to have the Kings, but we're going to be doing top 10, all right? We're not going to be doing top top 30. <laughs> but, well, yeah. We'll start man. at the bottom, Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's no doubt. But there you have it, folks. Mid-season awards. Gave you a little bit of football in there, too. But, um, yeah, top 10. Be on the lookout on, on Instagram for that. Before we call it, my last question to you is, your favorite play or moment from the first half of the year. So obviously I'm I'm not going to go with the with the big one. I think a lot of people are going to say Anthony Edwards dunk. But I'm not going to go with a play. I'm actually going to go with a moment. I'm going to go when James Harden got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. I think it flipped the NBA <laughs> upside down. I I think it was fucking great. Like it was crazy. But I'm going to go with James Harden getting traded to the Nets. I think that's the highlight of, of the year. I thought you were going to say James Harden just destroying a team in the first half of the season <laughs> in the Houston Rockets. That's so another great moment. Not wanting to be there. That's another great moment. That's a funny moment, bro, is him, him having, being fat and having that him, him and his warm-ups. That was fucking hilarious. Jeez, that was so bad. I can't. That's why I would not vote for him for MVP this year. Simply <laughs> off the fact you destroyed your team and were a jerk about it. Oh, man. All right. What, uh, what's yours? I think my favorite moment was Steph Curry dropping 62 points. That's a good one. Against Portland. It was just nice to see. St- I'm not even the biggest Steph Curry fan, but it kind of sucked not having him last year. Yeah. That literally happened probably like two days after we came out with the podcast. And we're like, all right, Steph, like you got to start so- showing us. Uh, I was about the yeah the Warriors and uh, no sign of life. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. We're both like, come on, dude. Like you're a two-time MVP. Like, come on, pick it up. And he fucking picked it up. <laughs> Boy, picked the shit out of it up, man. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it, man. Uh, man, I had fun with this podcast. That was fun. Uh, I'm so excited to see the second half of the NBA season. 
what it has in store for us. But for now, we're going to be letting you guys go, all right? If you guys are watching this on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to follow us slash subscribe. Go ahead and like the video. Comment down below what you guys think, who's your coach of the year, MVP, rookie of the year, all of that. Anything you guys disagree or agree with us, let us know, man. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback. I want to echo what Juan was saying. We're just so thankful to have you guys listen to us, subscribe to us, like our videos, like our Instagram posts. We are extremely grateful beyond words. You know, some we probably both feel like at times we're not worthy of the the views or likes we get, but we are very appreciative of it. And just continue to smash those like buttons the way <laughs> the way the ball smashes onto the court after a dunk in the empty gym dunk contest we just <laughs> witnessed. It was so awkward. <laughs> Cassius Stanley does an amazing dunk. It's a 40, no crowd hype. Oh, it was awkward, bro. <laughs> they, they, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was funny, man. Well, do you think the dunk contest will be back next year? I think it's due to be back. It, it's going to be back. You know, it, it does like a four-year well, and it's back. Fat boy Zion, get your ass in the fucking dunk contest, all right? <laughs> but, yeah, you can't be 20 years old and playing 12 minutes in an all-star game. Come on. <laughs> hey, man, come on. Give him a break. It's new era, all right? <laughs> All right, let's give our audience a break, too. We'll call it on that one. (laughs) Y'all have a good one, okay? All right, peace.